Chapter 1 Stop Chasing the Future Why Happiness and Success Are Found in the Present No valid plans for the future can be made by those who have no capacity for living now. Alan Watts When you travel to Silicon Valley, the land of Facebook, Twitter, Google, and Stanford University, you notice almost immediately that there is a buzz in the air. Whether it's in the downtown Palo Alto cafes, where you inevitably overhear excited conversations between startup entrepreneurs and would-be investors, or on the Stanford campus, where brilliant students sit in beautiful lecture halls listening to Nobel Prize-winning professors, the buzz of excitement and achievement is practically tangible. The thrill of opportunity invention, and success permeates the atmosphere. But if you listen closely, you will hear another distinctive buzz alongside it, the buzz of chronic anxiety. When I arrived at Stanford for graduate school, I was shocked by how many suicides there were during my first year there. Here we were, on one of the most stunning and sunny campuses in the world, biking down palm-lined roads to get to class and surrounded by talented scholars and classmates, yet there was so much misery. Saddened by these events, a fellow Stanford student and I were inspired to offer happiness and mindfulness workshops to students, and I helped co-found Stanford's first Psychology of Happiness course. In teaching these classes, I got to know Stanford undergraduate and graduate students from all fields. I began to understand where the anxiety and misery were coming from, not only at Stanford, but also throughout Silicon Valley and, in fact, among all the overachiever communities I had known at Yale, Columbia, and in Manhattan. Focused on the future and on everything they needed to do, students were permanently anxious. Everyone was frantically knocking out one achievement after another. Before they had finished one task, their minds were already on to the next thing they could accomplish in the name of productivity and success. As a consequence, they were unable to be present and celebrate their current accomplishments, not to mention enjoy their life. Jackie was one of the many stellar students I taught. She was no stranger to success. Already as a teenager, she received acclaim and media attention for her dedication to community service. At 14, she founded Everybody Dance Now, a nonprofit dedicated to teaching dance to underprivileged youths to help them stay off the streets and develop confidence. In addition to her commitment to community service, she excelled in high school, winning a number of grants and scholarships based on her academic achievements and becoming California's junior miss before landing a coveted undergraduate admission to Stanford. There, she continued to be celebrated in the public eye when she expanded her nonprofit nationally, was featured on MTV's America's Best Dance Crew, and was named one of Glamour Magazine's Top 10 College Women. Jackie knew she had to be successful to get into college. What she didn't know, however, was that she would have to keep collecting achievements after she got there. She was troubled to find that once at Stanford, everyone kept frantically focusing their efforts on achieving more awards, further acclaim, 
and greater successes. Even when you introduced people, you would always mention their past accomplishments as part of the introduction. This is so-and-so who has achieved these impressive things, Jackie shared. She felt burned out, but her professors told her that she would need to keep collecting achievements and should do so quickly to keep up with her classmates. My friends were starting nonprofits that were receiving national recognition, becoming Rhodes Scholars, being nominated by Forbes as 20 under 20, or were Olympic-level athletes. One of my friends was the youngest city council member in California and the third political candidate to be backed by Oprah as a college senior. Jackie gives the example of applying for a scholarship at 19 as a junior in college. As part of this scholarship, she was asked to describe which graduate school program she planned to pursue, what classes she would be taking there, the job she would get on her way out, her 10-year career plan, the world problems she was planning to solve in her career and their policy implications, in addition to describing the extensive leadership experience she was meant to have demonstrated by that point in her life.